0: Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL, Most Valuable Listener, on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: I think I was always impatient. It was like, when's the next thing? When's it going to happen? But it all kind of works out and it kind of opens up as it's supposed to. So just be patient because things will come as you keep working on and keep your head down and, and keep enjoying what you're doing.
0: My name is Espri Devorah, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. If you, too, want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at VIP.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. I know outsourcing is a big topic. It's something I've followed along with for years. Um, a couple amazing resources for outsourcing. If you don't know Upwork, which I feel like a lot of you probably know, Upwork is good to find a person you could read through reviews, see who's quality. A service that I will be a customer of till the end of time and that I've been a customer of since they were a a startup is Fancy Hands. Fancy Hands is absolutely amazing. That's F-A-N-C-Y-H-A-N-D-S.com. Sorry, it's the morning and I'm in, in bed still. So my voice is a little groggy. I should probably be drinking water. And yeah, I hope that helps in your productivity. Bye. in tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. Today, we have Yasmin from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited to have you to kick things off. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure thing. So I've always loved this uh, intersection between kind of communication and technology. And um, I worked in the tech world for about three years and um in IBM and then Shopify. And then now I'm at Columbia finishing up my master's in data journalism.
0: And what inspired you to go back to school?
1: Yeah, I think I wanted to a little bit pivot my career and dig a little deeper and get some skills. Um, I loved data and working with data, but I didn't really know how to do with it. So I decided to do a dual degree in data science and journalism. And I wanted to get a better like at writing and telling stories and communicating.
0: You said that you worked at tech companies before, but before we get into your professional history, let's start in the beginning. When did you first notice that you were interested in technology?
1: I think it was really at the beginning of when I would say like early elementary school, maybe middle school, when I realized the importance of like, the internet and technology and connecting me to my friends. So like after school, I would run home and turn on like instant messenger and talk to all my friends. And that's where we bonded and not in our classrooms, but like the the after school social aspects. And that's when I realized I was like, I like this thing. I don't know if I even called it technology at that point, but I loved the connection and the way it facilitated conversation.
0: And then what was your entry into the tech world professionally? Did you intern or yeah?
1: Um, at Cornell University, for my undergrad, I studied communication. And then I realized that through research with my professor, I helped her do this mobile and technology book. And I was like, hmm, I really like this. So um, when I was recruiting for jobs, I started recruiting for tech companies. And I decided to start at IBM in this kind of rotation early grad program.
0: And wait, how did you find the opportunity
1: at IBM? Just through people at Cornell, kind of like I was applying to different places. One of my good friends said, hey, I know you want to work in tech. I work at IBM. Here's a new grad program you should apply to. And she helped me kind of that was my first kind of woman in tech experience.
0: What would you say is the main thing somebody should know to optimize making the most out of an internship opportunity?
1: So that was my first full-time role to clarify, but for the internship opportunity, I feel like it's the best space you can be. It's the time where you can like ask so many questions and, and like pick people's brains and sit them down for coffee or virtual coffee these days. And it's, you're like really just at the point where you're like so eager and young and excited or just green to the environment. So you're at a point where you can literally ask anyone anything. So interns should just take advantage of that.
0: Was it intimidating taking on like a robust full-time role straight out of school?
1: A little bit. And I know I talk about this on my podcast too about women in tech, but it was a little bit like, oh, I'm allowed to like do all these real adult things. You kind of have that weird shift when you graduate, but then you realize everyone's to a point like making it up as they go along. Um, so you get the confidence slowly but surely to realize that, oh no, my opinion matters and what I'm doing matters. And as long as I work with other people and ask for their feedback, it's important to do that.
0: And share a bit about your podcast. I think everybody would like to listen. I know I was really excited to celebrate you on the show, but I would love everybody who listens to this
1: show to listen to yours as well. For sure. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot, especially coming from like a titan like yourself. Oh my gosh, thank Um, you. (laughs) It's called Witty. So Women in Tech Talk to Yaz, me. Um, And I started it about three years ago and I talked to a different awesome female leader in technology about how they got into the industry and what great things they're doing and they can find it at wittypod.com or type in Witty wherever you find your podcasts. And what inspired you to create a podcast? It was actually my first year at IBM. It was kind of after work. I I wasn't used to the fact that you just go home and you don't have anything to do after you're done work. Um, So I wanted a little bit of a creative outlet and I was having these cool coffee chats with all these awesome female leaders at that company and outside. And I was like, I want to record these conversations. Like, am I allowed to? And podcasting was starting to increase, but there was not like it is today. And I was like, I want to start my own podcast. And I just honestly Googled around and realized there was low barrier to entry. So I just started it and it was really, really like bootstrapped at the beginning, but you grow as it, it grows, which is great.
0: And I meet a lot of people who want to start a podcast and feel a little intimidated. What was your big hurdle to get across in becoming a podcaster? I know for me, I just had to book that first guest, even though Mm -hmm. I didn't understand how to use any of the equipment. I just watched YouTube videos, got the bare minimum, booked a guest, and then just like guerrilla learned it (laughs) from there for you. And so I think booking the guest for me was, was the block that I was like, I'm just booking it and wishing for the best. What was the block for you?
1: The block for me, I think, because it was such an uncharted territory. There was no like, here's the guide to start a podcast at the time. It was just a lot of reading and watching videos and just compiling all my knowledge. And then just being like, okay, this is as much as I can know. I'm just going to start. So it was just taking knowledge and talking to people and watching a lot of videos and reading a lot of articles.
0: And what's your, just one more question because I sure. just think it's so great that you also interview women in tech. What's your favorite thing about your interviews?
1: I think it's, it's so interesting. You do a lot of re- research before you talk to that um, guest and you you think you have an idea about what they're gonna say and then you ask them questions and you end up like hearing such an awesome perspective that you w- didn't think so. So I always like being, I feel like surprised by my guests and I find that the interviews pass by in like two minutes is the fastest thing I do, definitely.
0: Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. So everybody (laughs) check out, it was, if I remember right, it was wittypod.com,
1: right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: W-I-T-T-Y pod.com. Definitely be sure to check out Yasmin's podcast. Let's get back into your story. So, okay. You were at IBM. Why did you transition out of IBM?
1: Yeah, I was at IBM. It was a great place to start my career and learn about it. Um, But I was at, I'm currently, but um, at the time I was in Toronto, Canada, and I kept hearing about this amazing at the time, startup called Shopify that was the Canadian darling. And everybody was like, it's super agile. It's super fast growing. And I just, you know, thought of, okay, maybe I should learn more about that company. And I spent two amazing years at Shopify and really enjoyed myself there.
0: From IBM and then from Shopify, if you could kind of wrap it up with like your biggest like lesson learned first at IBM and then at Shopify, what would you say those would be?
1: I think at IBM, it was definitely to kind of, trust myself and trust that you're entering a new kind of real adult world. But um, everything you've learned beforehand is like led you to be there. So just go in with confidence and and lead with confidence because you are bound to know that stuff a little bit. And then Shopify is whatever you want to do, start actually doing it instead of saying it's my dream to, you know, let's say start, you know, working in communications, let's say later on, then start working on projects that have communication components and that will work out. So that was my biggest takeaway from Shopify.
0: And now you're in school. Mm -hmm. What's that experience been? Is it like difficult (laughs) to like readjust and go back to school again and do your homework?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I always like loved school and romanticized school. And I'm always like, I want to be in a library right now and on a campus. So I was like running back to school for sure. I um, always wanted, knew I wanted to go to grad school, but I just love the fact that when you're working, you have so many things to do. You're always like on a different project, on a different call, on a different meeting. And then at school, you can just like sit in a lecture and talk about like the ethical implications of... AI. And no one's like telling you to send it a deliverable after that. So I love that. And I love that you can just like spend time learning. And unfortunately, it's like coming to an end soon. But I loved my time at Columbia.
0: What's your vision for yourself after this, this next chapter of your life? What's the chapter after this one?
1: I think it's to, as I said, kind of go back into the tech industry, but in a communications capacity and hopefully grow from there and keep growing my side uh, hustle, which is my podcast as well.
0: Wait, but you do want to go back and work with a company in addition to doing a side hustle. Exactly. And why would that be? Because I think sometimes people feel like maybe they want their side hustle to be their main thing. For you, why is it side hustle, main thing?
1: Totally. Um, and I think it's super valid when side hustles turn into real full-time adventures. And I think working at Shopify, I learned that like, an e-commerce business on the side can, in a year, turn into a full-time business for a lot of those merchants. Um, but for me, I still feel like I have a lot to learn. I want to definitely keep learning about communications tactics and sharing stories about the tech industry. And I feel like I can do that uh, back in the tech sector. And and I love uh, my podcast as a side hustle, a hobby, and to keep meeting awesome women.
0: To go back to your podcast, because I just love how passionate <laughs> you are about it. Who are um, some of the guests who have really left a mark on you and maybe like a takeaway that you remember? I know with this show, yeah. a lot of people ask me that question. And I... Uh, I have the most unusual answer, but unfortunately I feel like as a culture that we feel that we're not enough, uh, there's so many times where I he- hear seasoned women, like really seasoned, yeah. they had their company sold for millions and they're billionaires mm-hmm. and high level executives. And they're like, am I good enough to be on the show? I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: Like, totally. Totally. And, and,
0: and then, you know, so I'm just constantly hearing this, like, I'm not enough in our culture. And that's my, that's my authentic answer of like my take. I, I, it's a terrible, but it drives me to want to even more inspire everyone that you are enough. And let me show you just how enough you are, you know, for, sure. for you, what is, what have been some of your takeaways from your show? Maybe it's a lesson learned from one of your guests. Maybe it's been a collective philosophy. Like, like I experienced what, what's authentic for you?
1: I think that a lesson you learned comes up a lot. And it's even so true. Like you email them and you're like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And they're like, are you sure? And you're like, are you kidding? You've done amazing things. But I agree. I think one collective takeaway I've had is the motivation to be in technology. So I I ask my first question always is like, what's your earliest memory with technology? What's your first experience? And it's always at like one specific time or one specific teacher or mother or father or, you know, older sibling. And I find that that's so important. So that makes me reflect on what are we doing today to help the younger female generation have those moments so that it takes them through their entire tech careers. So um, that's just the takeaway.
0: I love it. I love it. And what is a huge obstacle in your career that you've successfully overcome and
1: how did you overcome it? Ooh, that's hard. Huge obstacle. No, it's just been smooth sailing. No. Um, I think this industry is definitely like a challenging one. There's so many smart people and so many incredibly talented people and it's moving so fast. So I think probably keeping educated about it and it's not a huge obstacle, but it's a constant one every single day. So the way I always was a little intimidated to be like, how am I going to keep up with all these new trends and new kind of discoveries? And I found Uh, the way to actually do that, the way to actually keep yourself honest um, is to do something what you love and couple that with learning. So I love podcasts. I'm sure so do you. And I keep up with all my tech news through podcasts. So um, that's kind of how I stay on top of that ever changing obstacle.
0: And if you had to give yourself advice, something when you first started out in your career and you could give that younger version of you advice now, what would that advice be? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. If you had to give yourself advice, something when you first started out in your career and you could give that younger version of you advice now, what would that
1: advice be? Oh, this is super pivotal right now. Um, I feel like to everyone, but um, be patient. I think I mm-hmm. was always impatient. It was like, when's the next thing? When's it going to happen? But I'm now looking back, and I'm sure I'm going to say this in 10 years, I'm sure everybody says this looking back, but it all kind of works out and it kind of opens up as it's supposed to. So just be patient because things will come as you keep working on and keep your head down and and keep enjoying what you're doing.
0: I love it. I love it. One thing I learned from the guys at, it used to be called 37 signals. Now it's base camp. It's not about the destination. It's, it's the journey. And I know, you know, everybody says that, but I don't know the way that they said it. It just it is about the adventure of going through our careers. We can't predict where we're going to end up having this vision of where we end up is simply a, a guide like a compass to get us walking through the journey. Exactly. But The journey is where the glory happens. Totally. And And even the bad stuff. It's like even celebrate the bad bummer days because they're all a bigger part of the story. It's and and I'm sure on bummer days that's the last thing you want to be doing. Yeah. But yeah. It's they so, always are teaching you some lesson. Go ahead, Yasmin. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's always it's, it's always such a like I feel like frustrating thing to hear and you're like, "Really? Like I'm going to celebrate this horrible day?" But then in like a few weeks or months or years, you're like, oh, if I, that didn't happen for me, then I right. couldn't have done this. You know, it all works out and it's all, it's all worth it. Totally, totally.
0: What are some of your favorite tech tools? Like it could be mobile app, hardware, software.
1: I'm right now just like obsessed with the artificial intelligence space. Um, I wrote my thesis on it at Columbia and I just, it's not a tool or it's, just, it's something that's exciting. I think right now, more than ever, every different industry can be, automated in a way to make things more efficient, but always having a human element in there to check the balances is like a fascinating part of the tech world I love. Is there
0: is there any tool that you think utilizes AI in a way that really connects with you that has made you more engaged
1: with what they're doing? Um, I think when AI, and I guess it's, I feel like I'm sidestepping this tool question, but when AI is applied okay. to specifically, let's say chatbots um, in e-commerce or when it's applied to like reporting um, in journalism. So it's just it's just to make things a little bit more easy and efficient so that humans can do what they do best, whatever that industry is. So that's what excites me right now.
0: Tell me a little bit about your paper. Totally. Um, yeah, I would love to hear more.
1: Yeah, it's, it's on um, the kind of artificial intelligence and bias. And it basically explores, first of all, like what is that and how do machines get biased and what does it mean to be biased? And then um, it's the other three stories are on how AI comes up and manifests in every daily life. Like, for example, when you're setting your alarm in the morning or when you're driving to a restaurant. And then um, the last two parts of the series are on how AI affects the recruiting industry and kind of job recruiting. And then the criminal justice um, system as well, specifically in New York, but in the entire U.S.
0: I've been talking to some engineers lately, um, AI engineers that have been educating me just how much understanding how data helps simplify our lives. It's I make it sound so boring, but just things that would take us normally hours and hours and hours. If technology is built with smart AI, it could save us so much time in research, in understanding what our next book to read should be, what movie we like. I had the opportunity of interviewing engineers at Google who Mm -hmm. work in the AI department. Like there's just so much that we could do with AI to simplify our lives and how we utilize technology. Are you able to get more into that? I'm describing it in such a horrible way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And you're not describing it at all (laughs) in a horrible way. I think it's just the fact that they're using tools just in the most basic sense to help us like see all these patterns and insights in large data sets that you could not possibly, a human could not like eyeball it um, in literally a matter of minutes or seconds is going to help us, as you said, choose your next book or actually like, let's say, get three recommendations for what you should diagnose your patient. So you, instead of looking through a medical book, you can, you know, just fix that process. But I do want to highlight that like a human. Touch is always important. And then that's why there are engineers to input this data and then also quality check it as well so that it's used for good.
0: <laughs> what is your dream job? If you could have any job in the world, what would be, even if you don't have the skill set today for that job, what would that job be?
1: It's super like nebulous, but keep telling stories about technology on a large scale. I mean, I think with your podcast, that's perfect. <laughs> um, where can people connect with you further? Yeah, for sure. Um, on LinkedIn, if you just type in my name, Yasmin Alamedine, or on uh, Twitter, Y-A-L-A-M-E-D-D, or through my podcast, um, wittypod.com, uh, there's a little sign-in form.
0: And can you spell your name for everybody too if they want to find you on LinkedIn?
1: For sure. Y-A-S-M-I-N-A-L-A-M-E-D-D-I-N-E. Perfect.
0: Is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't covered?
1: No, I just think this importance of like, I mean, it's said a lot, but women supporting women in the tech industry. I've seen like many opportunities open up through women being like, hey, can we talk about, I know you're like looking for a new step or looking for a new chapter or want to learn a certain part of technology. Let me do that. I think we need to do more than that. And I've seen amazing things happen when people connect and specifically women connect in this industry. So I just want to leave people with that so we can keep doing more of it because great things come and that happens.
0: I love it. I love it. And one last question I like to ask, it's kind of archaic, but what Ooh. is your favorite book?
1: Oh my God. That's a good question. I'm like, what's a book these days? Um, <laughs> hmm, actually a really, really esoteric one I read is called She's Not There. It's, um, um, about a, a transgender woman who so male to female transition. And it's the, just like written so well. It's by this uh, professor at an liberal arts college. And it talks about how he navigates being a, a female in the education world and then a male. And it's just like written so beautifully. And it's not talked about a lot. So people should read that book. <laughs>
0: I love it. It, There was actually a period in my life where I really wanted... I'm a person that's really compassionate, so I try to understand as many cultures as possible. And I really, you know, everything was happening with Caitlyn Jenner and I wanted to understand the psyche. Like I wanted to understand how to be compassionate. And so I love that you recommended this book because I think that's a never-ending journey to understand how cultures outside of my own are living and functioning and the different things that they have to deal with. And I think that's an awesome recommendation recommendation. If there's one thing that our community could do to support and celebrate you and your success, help to accelerate you forward, what would that ask be?
1: I would say just, you know, connect with me. Like I gave the areas or places you can connect with me. And then um, I love talking to people. I love learning about different parts of the industry or um, however tangentially you're related to technology. And um, so, yeah, I would say just like reach out. <laughs>
0: And so be sure to reach out to Yasmin on her social or LinkedIn or check out her podcast, Witty Pod. Yasmin, thank you so much for connecting with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com takes you straight there. And say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation and it's such an honor to be on, honestly. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Yasmin al madeen I am the producer and host of Witty Podcast, a podcast about women and technology and how they navigate technology. You can find it at wittypod.com. And I am based in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to Women in Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
0: I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Damn Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind and her book is insanely well written right when I picked it up I didn't want to put it down she teaches me and us how to become the asset how to be our best selves and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves but creates an abundance of opportunity for others I'm so proud to share her book with you and I hope you'll pick it up and I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you
1: turn get it's about damn time it's about
0: The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, with help from Janice Geronimo, edited by Adam Carroll, and music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a We Are Tech. production.